I'm going to look at a verse first of all, before we get to the outline verses. I want to look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 19 in the Amplified Bible. Amen. They're going to put this on the screen, but I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Bible. Because we've got to get a picture of what's really going on. The Amplified Bible says, and he's talking to believers that are walking with God. We know positively that we are of God and the whole world around us is under the power of the evil one. The whole world around us is under the power of the evil one. And so I want to talk to all the believers today, myself included, all of us. Right now, with all the political upheaval and all the things going on in this world around us, especially in our own country right now, that murmuring, whining, griping, complaining changes nothing. But God's equipped us and he's called us to pray and change things. I want to say it again. You know, uh, for all you parents that have children, how many parents, when your children get all grumpy and gripey in life, griping about things in life, you tell them, shut up, quit griping, quit griping, quit griping. Gripe is not going to change anything. Well, we as Christians have to know. There's no politician, man, woman, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Independent, there's no man or woman going to be able to help us. But if we, through prayer, pray right for the people that we have in authority and in power, that God can influence them to cause them to do things that can help us. I'll say it one more time. Christians, myself included, because I'm a Christian, we must quit griping, complaining, murmuring, and whining about people and what's going on. We've got to get to our calling and prayer. We've got to do what's right. And Romans ten seventeen says, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And so, as I teach things for the word of God today, God is going to stoke our faith. And if we don't have faith, then our faith is going to get inspired today to get faith, to be able to pray right for what's going on in our land. And so I want you to start off with going to 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. And we're talking about today, you have authority, use it. You have authority, use it. And, of course, we're talking about your God-given authority in Christ. And if you don't know what that is yet, you're going to know. And if you've uh, let, let, let your uh, badge slip, let your armor fall down, you're going to put it back on today and get back to where you belong. And so in the realm of the Spirit and prayer, we do have authority. And so... 1 Timothy chapter 2, we're going to start off looking at verse 1 and verse 2, said, I exhort, therefore, that first of all. And so he tells us some things concerning our nation we're supposed to put first place. Voting's not first place, but voting's the right thing to do. Praise God we've got a nation where we don't just have a dictator and his family that tell us what this is the way it's going to be. If we don't like who's in, we can vote and change things. But first of all, Supplications, prayers, intercessions, and whining, and complaining. No. Said you're praying, but then giving a thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, 
And in the Greek, that says all that are in a prominent place. All that are in a prominent place. And that would include your boss on your job that's in a prominent place. Your boss has authority over you. You need to pray for your boss. Don't whine about your boss. Amen? And bosses, you need to pray for your employees. Don't complain about your employees. Amen? If they're there, then praise the Lord. Be a good boss and pray for them. Help them do right. And so anyway, for all that in authority, why is that? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. God wants us to have a quiet and peaceable nation. God wants California to be a quiet and peaceful place, not because they bought marijuana in. Amen. You're not going to find any peace in smoking that stuff. Oh, stay away from that. Okay. No, I'm telling you. Peace comes through Jesus Christ. Peace comes when Christians pray and get things turned around. And so, as a believer, we may feel sometimes like things are absolutely hopeless in our nation, the world, and things look pretty gloomy in a lot of arenas. But we're to walk by faith, not by sight. We're to walk by what the Word says, not by what it looks like. And you know, I want to say something. You might want to write this statement down. God gave it to me years ago, and you've got to get this. Faith doesn't deny things. Faith changes things. You know, I take that to your area of your life personally. If you've received a medical diagnosis, and it's not a good one, it's not faith to deny the diagnosis It's faith to recognize, okay, I've got a problem. Something's trying to attach itself to my life, to my health, to my body, and I'm going to get in the Word of God. I'm going to see what the Word of God says about this, and this thing can't stay in my body. This diagnosis is going to turn around. Faith doesn't deny, and faith doesn't put blame on a doctor or lab test. Faith says, thank you, Lord, for the right diagnosis. Now I know what to shoot, shoot my faith at. That's my target. Cancer, you're going to get out of my body in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Whatever it is, faith does deny that it's there. Faith denies it the right to stay there. Okay, in our country right now, it's not faith just to act like our country is okay because our country is not okay. Our country is not okay Because in the spiritual arena, decades ago, our country started deciding, like Israel did in the Old Testament, they said, we want to be like the rest of the nations. We want all the gods to come into our nation. We want all the religions in our nation. And so God lets his people use their free will for what they want to do. And so when they say, in our schools, we want to teach religion, but just not the Christian religion. In our schools, we want to call it holiday season, not the Christ child season. Well, you start getting generations of people that turn away from Christ, and then they grow up in life, and they go to universities that are against Christ, and they become our leaders, and then they're going to forget where our foundation was. Our foundation was this is a Christian nation. And so those things begin to change, and so we can't deny And, you know, my dad's been in heaven for a few years now. My dad pointed something out to me 20 years ago. 
My dad was a World War II vet. Had the generation come them through the Great Depression, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, he wasn't a Christian until shortly before he died. But my dad pointed out something. All the demonstrations, things started coming into our land several years ago. And all the people that were demonstrating against our land, he said, he said, a lot of these people, they're not people that were born here. And we're not getting into the immigration thing, knocking on that. He said, a lot of people here are people from other places that I recognize what it was, other religions coming in. So they didn't believe in the same things that our fathers did. And so we have to be on the same page to be able to pray right and help people right. And so arguing with people that don't have traditional Christian values helps nothing. Amen. I wasn't always a Christian. And so if somebody tried to convince me of something from the Bible before I was a Christian, I might listen, but I turned a deaf ear until I got on the inside the Spirit of God in me, helping me to be open to spiritual things. And so we're going to look at the Word of God here, how to pray for people so we start getting on the same page with co-workers, with political leaders and other people, so we're all on the same page, page, hear the same voice, the Holy Spirit. Talk to us about our land, what to do. And so he said that it's his will for us to pray for these people and give thanks. He says so we can live a quiet and peaceful life with godliness and honesty. I want to get back to the days to where my kids, well, they're all grown up now. I'll say my grandkids then, great-grandkids, to go to school and not have to have a police guard. To go to school and not have perverts come in and try to mess with them. To go to school and not have to be concerned about somebody getting them hooked on dope before they get out of the parking lot. I want to get back to the days to where our schools are godly again. To where our schools have peace in them again. To where our teachers are trying to indoctrinate our children with things other than right moral values and things. Amen? Amen. And so the Word of God here tells us what we can do to prepare the way for Him to influence to influence our nation's leaders. And so I want you to hold your place and go to Ephesians chapter 1. I call this first things first. That first of all, you yourself have to be educated by the Word of God. You yourself have to be taught by the Word of God how to pray and who you are. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16. Apostle Paul said this, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And so you need to pray this for yourself and fellow believers, so that you, so that we can walk in our authority in the Spirit with boldness. He's getting ready to teach us about spiritual authority in prayer. And I want to say this. The first verse says he's praying for the Christians in the church at Ephesus. And so, listen to what I'm going to say. <clears throat> God's no respecter of persons. If this is how he wanted to pray for Christians in Ephesus, this is how he wants to pray for Christians in the high desert of Southern California. Christians are Christians no matter what nation they live in, no matter what time period they live in. If you're a born-again child of God as a believer... The Bible has ways to pray for believers. I'll just point out something. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, if you notice a couple things there, it said supplications, prayers, intercessions. 
Well, supplications, supplicating is how you pray for saints, how you pray for believers. Intercessions is how you pray for sinners. You supplicate for the saints, which is believers. You intercede for the sinners that need God. And so supplications, prayers, intercessions, there's different kinds of prayer talked about there. But we're not on a prayer course today in that arena there. We're on praying for our nation. But now he's talking about here how to pray for fellow believers. This is so critical because we as believers have to know we have authority. We have authority. We don't muscle our way into people's lives. We're not protesters. We're not going to go out and, and blow up the Capitol or go out there and want to just start fighting a bunch of people. But in the spiritual arena, in the spiritual arena, we didn't know who we are because of the spiritual arena. We are somebody, not somebody in ourselves, somebody in Christ, somebody in Jesus. Jesus has influence in heaven. Amen. And he needs to have influence in our lives. So he can use us to influence some things in this world. Amen. And so he says, I cease not to give thanks, make you mention in my prayers. And now I want you to notice verse 17 and verse 18. Praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you. Now he's talking to believers, praying for believers, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. We've got the Holy Spirit. But we need to let the Holy Spirit show us some things. The spirit of wisdom, revelation, the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened are open, that you may know. He wants us to know some things. He wants our spiritual eyes opened. And, you know, we as believers, I don't know where everybody is in their walk with God in here, but you must get this revelation's. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 says, We are spirit beings, we possess a soul, and we live in a physical body. Nobody in here is seeing the real me right now. I'm looking at you through my spiritual windows, my eyeballs. I've got eyes in the spirit, you've got eyes in the spirit. Jesus, many times when he was teaching, said this, He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. And I want to say something, not to be funny, but so you really see, I'm sure that Jesus wasn't looking at a room full of people with their ears cut off. He said, well, if any of you happen to have an ear I don't see, they all had ears. He said, spiritual ears. And so we have spiritual ears and we have physical ears. We have spiritual eyes on the inside of our spirit bed and we have eyes we see around this world with. And so he said, the eyes of our understanding being opened... That we'll know. That's our spiritual eyes. You know, if, if you've been a Christian for a while, read some Old Testament things, how many remember the story of Elisha, where they were surrounded by a great army, multitudes of uh, chariots and soldiers and fighters around them, and he told his, his, his helper said, what are we going to do? He said, God opened his eyes, let him see. And all of a sudden, this man saw in the spiritual realm, and there were tens of thousands of angels all around him with flaming swords fighting everywhere. He got to see what was out there. Right now, if the Holy Spirit opened all of our eyes, one thing I tell you, you'd see for sure, you'd see a big angel with every person in here. Everybody, everybody has a guardian angel that God, God's the one sent. 
we see angels, first of all. And then some people that are given place to wrong things, you see some demon spirits. But in our church, we plead the blood of Jesus around this place. And we pray, Lord, if somebody's coming in here with demons, they're going to have to park outside. They can't come through that bloodline into this building. And if they want their demons when they leave, they can pick them up, but they're not bringing them in here. And so the thing is, if our eyes were open to see in the spiritual arena, we'd see demons, we'd see angels. And then the book of Acts, the first Christian martyr's name was Stephen. And as Stephen was getting ready to be stoned to death for preaching Jesus Christ, he said, hey, my eyes are open, said, I can see into heaven. He said, I see God. And I see Jesus stand at the right hand of the Father. He got to see into heaven. And so if her eyes are open right now, I want to help you guys. Man, quit getting caught up with the goofy politics. Quit getting caught up and arguing with people. About a man president, a woman president, or who it is. Quit it. Whoever our president's going to be, whoever our congressman senator's going to be, if we don't have Jesus back in them, it makes no difference who they are or what they're doing. We've got to see. Amen. We've got to see. He said, pray that the eyes are open, that you'll see, that you'll know what the hope of your calling. Well, there's lots of ways you can look at that, but I can tell you one thing. Every born-again child of God is called to pray. Amen. I'm called to be a pastor and a Bible teacher. Some of you are called to do other things. And, you know, even in the different areas of life as a Christian, some people are called to military. Some people are called to be teachers in the public school system. Some people are called to be waiters or waitresses. Wherever we are in life, whatever God puts us in to be doing, we've got to recognize that's a calling, that's a ministry to serve and what God's called us to do. We've got to see that. But most importantly, our eyes have got to be open to see what's really going on around us and not get caught up in the moment. Amen. And so he says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what's hope you're calling, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. He's put things in the saints. That's you. That's believers. He said he wants your eyes open to know what's in you. I made reference to communion time. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Jesus is in you. The Holy Spirit's in you. The anointed of God's in you. Amen. Eternal life's in you from God. The Word of God that's alive and full of power. According to Hebrews 4.12, it's alive and full of power. That's in you. You've got to recognize what you've got. You're not just a worm. You're not just a wimp. You're not just a loser. You're not just somebody living under the circumstances. You've got authority over the circumstances. It doesn't make any difference if you're rich or if you're poor. If you're a man, if you're a woman, what race you are. What nation you are. It's who you are in Christ. Who Christ is in you. He said he wants your eyes open to see that inheritance is in you. At verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us or in us who believe. The exceeding greatness of the power of God. 
that's in believers, according to the working of his mighty power, that same power which he wrought or worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in every one of us. It's not a political power. It's not an economic power. It's the power of God that raised Christ from the dead. That same power that raised Christ from the dead is in us. We've got something in us the world doesn't have. The world can't take it away. Amen. And said, raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power. That's demon spirits, things in the spiritual arena, and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come hath put all things under his feet, talking about put all things under Christ's feet, and it gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Jesus is the head over all things. And God gave him to the church to be the head over us. The church is his body, the folds him that filleth all in all. And so we must live beyond sense knowledge and mental knowledge of spiritual things. We've got to recognize Now, what we're in is not a religion, it's an eternal family. Christianity is not just another religion. Heard some goofy guy say one time, Christianity is just one of the seven great religions of the world. Well, I got some news from you. The ones that founded those other, quote, great religions of the world, they died. They're still dead. Our leader isn't dead. He's Jesus. Amen. He's the head. He's the head of our family. And so all believers need revelation knowledge of the authority they have in Christ. We need revelation knowledge. That means, boy, there's so many different things. You can't go very far on a Sunday morning as far as you can go. There's... At least three different kinds of knowledge that believers, that the world, the world doesn't walk at all of it, but believers need to. Number one, there's mental knowledge. You learn things through what you read. You learn things through what you hear. You learn things through what you see. And you learn things from the Bible that get into your head, and they become mental knowledge of the Bible. And then there's sense knowledge. In sense knowledge... You smell things and know some things by what you smell around you. You see some things. You taste some things. You feel some things. That's physical knowledge. That's some physical things around you. But then there's spiritual knowledge. That's revelation knowledge. And that's what he said, that your eyes understand to be open so things be revealed to you. And that's your spirit. Pastor Dave taught the other day from Matthew chapter 16. That Jesus talked to his disciples said, who do men say that I am? And they said, well, some say you're John the Baptist, raised from the dead. Some say that you're Elijah, and you're here. And then Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? And then Peter said, well, thou art the Christ, the Son of God. And he said, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, Peter, but my Father in heaven. I'll tell you what. It's got to be revealed to you by the Father in heaven. We don't have to put up with what's around us. And we just want to get out there and fight people that the devil won already. 
that we can take care of things in the spirit and that God will take care of people. You know, I think about a story in the book of Acts. You know, a lot of, lot, lot of big, uh, spectacular stories through the Bible or the Old Testament. The book of Acts, there was a king named Herod. King Herod thought he's a hotshot politician. And he killed, he beheaded James, one of the apostles. He beheaded him. And then the people liked it so good, he said, okay, Peter, I'm going to kill Peter too. He put Peter in prison, but an angel come in and got Peter out of prison. And then the next day, this politician called King Herod was making a great speech. It says the angel of the Lord come and smote him. He was eating with worms. And so I'm telling you, if we pray, I'm not wanting to see any politicians, politicians smoted. <laughs> but I'm telling you, when we begin to pray for our nation and pray right as Christians, there's going to be some politicians get right or get right. <laughs> going to be some things change. Why is that? We're talking about the Bible. And I'll tell you what, one believer, one believer that got born again this week, that's praying to the Father in the name of Jesus, has more authority than any 10 or 15 or 20 great politicians that aren't saved that are following after man's plan. We can change things, guys. I've done better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. And so anyway, uh, verse 19 and 23 tells us, part of that revelation is the same power that raised Christ from the dead is inside the born-again spirit of every believer in Christ. And so, how many notice that it says that Christ is seated at the right hand of God as Satan and all his demons are under his feet? You notice that? Well, I want you then to look at verse 5 and verse 6. Hey, you got your shouting clothes on? Amen. Okay, verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, he's quickened us, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you are saved. Now, look at this. You need revelation. He's raised us up together with Christ. It made us sit together with Christ in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. In the Spirit, we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Where is that? Look back at verse 21 again. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. Not only is Jesus seated there, we're seated with him. It says he raised us up together, caused us to sit together with him. Our inheritance, we're joint heirs. We have authority in high places because we're seated in high places. We're seated with Jesus Christ in the Spirit at the right hand of the Father. Now, how can God have all those billions of people there? I don't know how he does it. He says we are. And so if God says, and he does, that I'm raised up together with Jesus and seated with Jesus at his right hand, then I am. That helps me understand then why what I buy on earth is bound in heaven. That helps me understand why Satan's under my feet, because he says so. Now, get this again. Get this again. Never again talk about what the devil's doing. We can identify what he's doing just for the purpose of taking authority over what he's doing. 
You know, it's almost like a 911 call. Just because somebody calls the police to report a crime doesn't mean they're in agreement with the crime. They want to call the authorities on the scene. So we come to the Father in the name and just say, Father, we just want to thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus. We have authority. And Lord, we don't like what's going on in our nation. And we want to thank you. We have authority in our nation. You told us to pray for all those in authority. You told us to pray. You told us what we bind is bound, what we loose is loose. And Lord, I want to thank you that I don't pray in the name of Jesus because I feel like I've got authority. But I know I've got authority because your word says so. You know, uh, I just say for any policeman, military people, everybody in the service here, I'm very sure that on your assignment sometimes, places you are and things you do, you don't feel real authoritative. But you know, those over you gave you papers, commission, and they told you, you've got authority. We're sending you in there and we're backing you. Just go do it. And you, some days you wake up and think, man, I wish I wasn't here. Oh, I don't feel like I can do anything. But then you realize, I've got the papers, I've got the uniform, I've got the badge, I've got the weapons, I've got the backing of those that sent me, and so whether I feel like it or not, I'm getting up today, I'm going out there today, I'm carrying out my assignment today. Christians, whether you feel like your authority belongs to you or not, doesn't make any difference. If you use it or not, that's your choice. But God's the one that said, I relay the message. He said, we've been raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, I want you to look at another place right here. It's not in your notes, but I want you to look at chapter 6. I want you to look at chapter 6. And look at verse 10. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. That he may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemes of the devil. Now look at this. It says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rules of darkness of this world, Spiritual wickedness in high places. Now go back to chapter 1, verse 21. We and Jesus are seated far above all these principalities and powers, rules of the darkness of this world, all these demon spirits. We're seated above them. That's that ought to make you shout. See, Ephesians chapter 6 is talking about prayer. Talking about the armor of God. And the whole thing's talking about prayer. And so, in our prayer assignments, he says we're wrestling with this defeated enemies of darkness. But they're defeated. We are wrestling in the spirit in prayer with things going on. Matter of fact, be honest with you, God gave you the sermon this week. Started giving it to me. It took me a half a day. That never happens. It took me a half a day to get some of these words written out because there's such a fight in the spirit for presenting these truths today. Jesus already defeated the devil. 
Now listen to this. God knows it. Jesus knows it. And the devil knows it. But most Christians don't. Most Christians don't. How do I know? Well, one way I know is Facebook. Uh, half of them slamming Hillary. The other half slamming Donald. And nobody's saying Jesus is the answer. Amen. We are wrestling not against Republicans or Democrats. We wrestle not with flesh and blood. But, but, we in the Spirit have authority over demon spirits. Now, I want to get back to 1 Timothy chapter 2. Did I leave any blanks out on you? Because I'm getting too excited here. Okay, these blanks right here so you won't get upset. Okay. Satan is under our feet. We must exercise our authority in prayer. Satan is under our feet. Now back to 1 Timothy chapter 2. And I will give you the best I can in time to turn this over to Pastor Dave so the kids can get some money to go to Big Bear. But you've got to see this. You've got to see this as we close. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Now that we've seen what we've seen, we can understand this better. I exhort, therefore, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority. Why? So we can lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. And so now you know why God tells us we can, we can influence what goes on in our government through prayer. We can. Because we are seated in the highest place of authority in everything that is. The government of heaven supersedes the government of earth. And so, verse 3, I'm just going to exhort a couple of things here so you'll see why we pray like we pray. Then we'll turn it over to Pastor Dave. It says, it's good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. Now look at this. Who will have freedom of religion. No, no, no. We're praying the wrong thing. If we're praying for freedom of religion in America, we don't want freedom of religion. We want what God wants. He wants all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. Well, what is the truth? There's one God, one mediator. We sang that song this morning. Thank you, Josh. That was the Holy Spirit working. One God, one mediator between God and men, the President of the United States, the Congress. One mediator, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, Wherefore, I'm ordained a preacher and apostle. I speak the truth in Christ and lie not, a teacher of Gentiles in truth and verity. I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands. That's why we lift up our hands, the Bible says to. Lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. And so he tells us that he wants all men saved to come to the knowledge of the truth. So the number one thing... We need to be praying for the leaders and the people of the United States of America. We pray for Christians' eyes to be open. We saw that. But then the rest of them, he said, to come into the knowledge of the truth. And when you get people born again and Jesus lives in their heart, 
That changes their belief system in their heart. Then they need to get their minds renewed to the Word of God to change their thinking. But if we get politicians, newspaper publishers, educators, born again with the same Holy Spirit that we have in us in them, none of us made immediate change in our thinking. We had to learn what the Bible said to change our thinking in life. But at least... If we start getting some of these people born again, they'll be open then to truth. They'll be open to change. And then he says, we live a quiet, peaceful life. And so the only way that our nation is going to start getting some things turned around is start getting some people saved. The only way people are going to start getting saved is if Christians quit complaining and start praying. Start praying, start praying. And if you've got Christian politicians that you know are Christians are still thinking wrong? Well, you go back to Ephesians chapter 1. Father, I pray their eyes of understanding be open to see. That's not Bible, what they're believing, Lord. Open their eyes to see what the Bible says. Lord, I pray that they get into a church where they got a pastor teaches the Bible so they can start hearing what the Bible has to say about their views in life so they change their views from political views to being Bible views. And when people start changing to agree with God, our nation will start changing, become a great nation again, because it'll be a Jesus nation again. And that's what we want. And I'll just leave that one passage with you there. I'm going to turn this over to Dave in just a minute. But Second Peter chapter 3, verse 8 to 14. You could read that on your own time. But I said this, it ain't over till it's over. Because in that passage right there, God talks about the fact being one day he's going to judge the earth. And we judge the earth there's going to be a lot of things that uh, global warming is going to be nothing compared to when God judges the earth by fire. Because he says he's going to. And then he's going to make a new heaven, a new earth. So when God's ready to do some burning, there's going to be some burning. He's going to make it all over again anyway. And so praise the Lord. Guys, gals, I want to tell you, you have authority in prayer. You must use your authority. When you get back to your job tomorrow... And all the junk starts tomorrow about the election, stuff like that. If it's Christian, you hear murmuring, say, wait a minute. We're Christians. Hold my hand. Let's pray about tomorrow. Let's pray things will change. We're not going to help our nation if we murmur and complain. Sinners murmur and complain because they don't know better. We're Christians. We pray. And turn some things into praying. Amen. And then whatever happens out of the elections, whoever's elected, whether it's the one you want or not, we pray for the ones we get. And we'll see things change. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up, shake it off, and give the Lord praise.